Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is Don Jeffries. Last name is spelled J-E-F-F-R-I-E-S. We've done a number of shows in the past, but he's just published a, published a fantastic book. I highly recommend the book. The title is Masking the Truth, How COVID-19 Destroyed Civil Liberties and Shut Down the World. Literally published, I think, a week ago. But uh, great information, superbly well-researched and put everything down. 800 footnotes something I can really appreciate, like a real true researcher and historian, really, of, of this whole COVID event. We've done other shows. You can go back through kind of my catalog. We did one on all of those books are excellent. I recommend them on borrowed fame, money, mysteries, and corruption in the entertainment world. And then we also talked, I think my first talk with him was I invited him on to talk about Huey Long, the Kingfish. A great conversation. Somebody who I didn't know much about who I really admired and who died, unfortunately, too young. I was also on, Don's been on, I've been on a show with him and Billy Ray Valentine and other shows with Jordan Vizzo. We talked about another number of subjects together. Presidential Greatest Hits, Julian Assange, 9-11. So you can go back and look through his name in my catalog. But again, we're going to talk about this newly published book, Masking the Truth. So Don Jeffries, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the uh, wonderful introduction, Wayne. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Excellent. Well, likewise. Um, for people who may not have heard our earlier discussions, can you kind of talk about your background? You, you've done a lot of books, writing, you're on a lot of podcasts, and then kind of what led you to put together this book, Masking the Well, this is my eighth book, so uh, somewhat to my amazement, you know, because I, I got started relatively late in getting published. And uh, so they're, they're coming out one after another, and I've got, you know, two more on the way, so that may be out this year as well. So uh, I, uh, I, I never suffer from writer's block, let's put it that way. So there's, there's just so much to write about, and I, I can do it. Again, I don't suffer any writer's block. I now have, you know, I do this full time, so I have plenty of time to do it. It's my job. And uh, so the stuff just kind of flows out of me. I, you know, I get to pick, like, especially on Substack, where I write regularly, it's like, trying to figure out what am I going to write about today? You know, because there's just so many things and the, uh, it's all bad. You know, it's, I'm, I'm become really black pilled, uh, unfortunately, but I don't, I don't see a lot of optimism out of there, but I started, you know, basically as a JFK assassination researcher uh, as a teenager uh, in the 19, late 1970s with uh, Mark Lane, who uh, he had a group uh, called the citizens committee of inquiry. I was one of the teenage volunteers there. He was my hero, wrote rush to judgment. And, um, that got me, you know, really started down the rabbit hole of the JFK assassination. From there, it was logical to go to MLK and RFK. And then uh, especially when the when Bill Clinton took office, I call that when I wrote Hidden History, my first nonfiction book, I called that Conspiracy Central because there was so they just kept the hits kept coming. It was like like the Beatles of presidential administrations for conspiracies. I mean, it was just nonstop with uh, Waco and uh, Ruby Ridge, and Waco and Oklahoma City and Vince Foster. JFK Jr. Uh, so all of those things. And of course, 9-11 was a huge one as well. So electoral fraud, all this stuff. So I, I, you know, put those in my hidden history books. I had crimes and cover-ups uh, in American politics, 1776, 1963, which is a prequel to hidden history. And actually the next book out will be like a hidden history three type of thing. I don't know what it's going to be called, but it's a more compendium of these kind of a combination of the first two books for the American Revolution up through uh, <clears throat> pretty much modern times. And then, you know, the Huey Long thing, I wrote Survival of the Richest, uh, which was basically an economic book and has a whole chapter devoted to Huey Long, who's my hero and his assassination and everything. And then I wrote Bullyocracy, which is about bullying in schools. And then, as you noted, on Borrowed Fame about the entertainment world. 
And now it was kind of natural for me to turn to this because this is the story that has taken the world over for the last three years. I call it the greatest psyop in the history of the world. And I actually started writing it at the beginning, uh, but I didn't know where it was going because I didn't know where the story was going. I said, you know, where's this, this, where's this narrative going? Is this going to be open-ended because the virus didn't burn out? You know, if you, if you believe in science and the viral theory, the, the virus was supposed to burn out in the spring like all other previous viruses had. Instead, this thing just keeps coming back. And it has, a, you know, China recently claimed, uh, you know, six, we're going to have 65 million cases of a new, incredibly powerful COVID this summer. It's like, since when, you know, the viruses are not supposed to be able to do that in the summer. So I didn't know what was happening, the lockdown, all this stuff. And I said, this is a huge story, but it's ongoing. So I put it aside. And uh, I, I think that's when I finished up on Bar and Fame, or I think I was right in Hidden History 3. I think I was concentrating on that mostly. But um, then my brother died. I lost my brother to this, this, you know, narrative. And so it became personal for me. And in January 2022, so I kind of, that's what, you know, triggered me and, and really inspired me to, to make sure I finished the book and de dedicated it to him and, and to all the other people who were, you know, who, who lost their lives to this, you know, the greatest psyop in the history of the world. So um, that's how it came about. And it's, it, but as I said, you know, it's, there was no logical way to end this a book like this because it's still ongoing. So I tried to, to try to take it right up to you know, publication time, but it's you know, invariably things have already happened since it's been published that I would have included in the book. Right. Like it's still unfolding. The knowledge is still unfolding. More evidence is coming out, more citizens inquiries, uh, it really is just kind of a flood of information. It's hard to keep up with it, which is why I recommend this book, because you've laid it out very clearly uh, with, you know, easily footnoted things that you how it kind of developed from like the, the beginning of the virus, all this stuff. But your brother passed away. I think it was in Santa Barbara, right? It was. And it was no. possibly because of the protocol, not COVID itself. Yeah, no, it was. Well, it was in it was in Virginia, where I live, Northern Virginia. Virginia but, sorry, but, sorry. but they've had, they've had a lot of cases out there in, in Santa Barbara, in California. But um, yes, it was definitely he was he was absolutely perfectly healthy. Um, there was there was no question in my mind he would have lived to be a hundred. Uh, he never had any health issues really, and uh, but he was a hypochondriac, and he had he had those kinds of issues. And I was kind of as you know, I, I kind of took care of me, even though he was older than me, but, um, and he called an ambulance like he used to do for really frivolous things, unfortunately, in the middle of the night. And he was in the hospital by the time I learned about it. And I'm sure the first question they asked him was, <clears throat> it was an unrelated issue, but, uh, the first question they asked him, I'm sure was, are you vaccinated? And when he told them, no, they fast tracked him. And I've heard from so many other people, they do the exact same thing. I've had some of these people on my shows, just a couple of weeks ago, I had a wife on who lost her uh, husband the exact same way. First thing they wanted is he vaccinated. No. So they took him away and she couldn't even give them his medical history. They weren't interested. All they were interested in was he not that was he vaccinated. Uh, and with my brother, they just gave him one of those 90 percent false positive PCR tests, uh, which gave them, you know, shockingly, even though he had he was asymptomatic, which that that term has been popularized now. And people just parrot it. It's like asymptomatic mean not sick because that's what it means you're not sick right. <laughs> so they but they've come to me with, well you know that you, you know you may not be sick but you are sick you just don't know right. let incredible. us tell you <laughs> so let's yeah. give them a test that's a 90 percent false positive which they did to him and shockingly enough he tested positive and they claimed he had COVID pneumonia again is how do you have pneumonia with those symptoms i mean i i don't know but so um 
that was uh, January 6th, ironically, the one year anniversary of that. And wow. uh, in two weeks, exactly, he died on January 20th. I never got to see him um, because they quarantine people. And I, all the people I've talked to, it's the same in every hospital. Usually it's 21 days. So he died and they killed him in 14 days. They gave him remdesivir and put him on a, a ventilator. Even though I talked to the doctors and nurses over the phones that absolutely do not do that. They don't care. And, they, and all the other people I've talked to, it's the same story. And the, the families aren't there. So we can't monitor it. We can't. It's incredible. You know, it's, it's horrible. You don't get to say goodbye to them. And it's, it's so it's left, but it, of course it's a horrible tragedy and it's something I still deal with. I've gone to therapy about it because I, I don't, I really don't, I don't know how, why I feel guilty because nothing I could have done. They had armed guards, although I had some people in the conspiracy world saying, well, I, I would have gone and got my brother out of there. Well, you know, you had to get past armed guards and, and that's, that's the way it is, unfortunately. And it's, and it's, oh, it's, I can it, verify everything, Don. I know all that stuff. You talked to Sheila Skiba, right? So yes, she, yes. That was yes. the prob Skiba. Yes. I talked to her as well, but um, I going through my mom, like was just uh, really the last two or three years were a nightmare for her. But I wasn't didn't take the shot. I couldn't get past it. The Stanford Hospital couldn't get past the armed guards to see her. Yeah. And just last week, she was in the hospital at El Camino Hospital. I got a call on the phone. Literally, the doctor said, "We've diagnosed your mother with COVID. I recommend three rounds of remdesivir." Oh, they literally get this. It gets even worse, Don, uh, because you would know you're familiar with the story. But then I said, "There's no way you're giving my mother that Fauci." Be uh, I said very foul, foul words, and mm -hmm. I felt like it was a car salesman calling me on my cell phone. And I said, no. "And do you know what was interesting? She didn't come back with anything. She didn't mm -hmm. say, oh, you know, William, you just mm -hmm. don't know how the facts or anything.' She just stopped. Yeah. Like I caught her. Yeah. It was just. I mean, this is incredible. This is like the the highest level medical fit system in California, Northern California, and Silicon Valley, hustling some remdesivir still." Yeah, off they're, the still, charts, so. they're still doing it. And that, the, the lawsuits that are starting seem to be starting. The ones I've heard about, uh, the two lawyers out there, and I think there's a couple of women, too, that, uh, that, that I think they're all out of California for some reason. But uh, it's as far as I know, it's happening that way uh, everywhere. I've heard from people that, uh, again, it, my brother's story really um, resounded with them because they, so many people had been through the same. And that it helped, you know, to hear that, to know it wasn't, you know, an isolated thing. And. Uh, it really wasn't anything I could have done, but that's again, that's part of uh, of why the story is so sad. Is that we got to that point where uh, you know people were, and I, you know, I had talked to my, you know, by my brother, you know, again because of his whatever he had, you know, super OCD and attention span problems and everything. He probably he wasn't hearing a lot of what I was saying because I had talked about remdesivir to him because I, I we he would call me all the time. And I would be ranting about various things that he, you know, kind of understood maybe, but he, you know, he'd, he'd listen to me because he wanted to talk to somebody. He was lonely. And I had talked about remdesivir and I told him that people were being killed in the hospitals. And I said, so you need to, because I knew what a hypochondriac he was. I said, so that's the last place you want to be. And then, but there was nothing I could do. And somebody calls an ambulance, you don't live with him in the middle of the night and he's in there. And once he's in there, that's it. And you don't get to you don't get to check on them. You don't get to do monitor anything, and they don't listen to you when you tell them over the phone. And as you know, Sheila Skiba, I mean, she documented thoroughly all the conversations she had, and they she did get to see Rob, but he was already it was pointless because he was already out, you know, unconscious. She never got to see him conscious again. So these are there's so many of these tragedies that we don't know how many there are, and that's just one part of the story. 
that, that doesn't talk about all the people that died from the vaccines or, you know, that we don't even know or the people that, you know, that's why this is a really a two, two, three part story. The first part, and that's, I think the first part of the story is something I think that most of the other people, Naomi Wolf, my friend, Naomi Wolf and uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And Peter McCullough, like that, that I've had on my shows, um, Alex Berenson, they concentrate mainly on the vaccine, which is good. And the dangers of it, how they're covering up and the, maybe to some extent, the, the hospital protocol, not as much, but mainly on the vaccine, which is good. But none of them do what I did. I took this back from the very beginning. Part A, the first part of this is when they introduced COVID. Okay, let's, if you're Sherlock Holmes, you're investigating something. Okay, let's see, where, where did it come from? Now, the Republicans, of course, are distracting us and trying to get down the rabbit hole of China, China, China. They covered up the lab leak theory because they're pushing the idea that this is, that COVID is a bioweapon. I'm telling you that COVID-19 has never been proven to exist. They have never produced isolates. And the CDC tells you that. And the FDA tells you that. I, I, have, it, I have it in my book where a woman in Canada filed a Freedom of Information Act suit and, uh, for documentation of the isolates used to develop the, uh, in the PCR vaccine, and a PCR test. And um, the, uh, they wrote back to her and said, well, you know, we, uh, we were unable to, to obtain isolates for COVID-19. So we simulated COVID-19 with remnants of the regular coronavirus, which of course is what it is. It's a common cold and it's uh, it, what's been weaponized is, <laughs> is the response to it. So this COVID-19 is not any kind, and I've pointed out many times, COVID-19 is called COVID-19 because they named these things for whatever year it came out. So that was a 2019 strain of the yearly coronavirus. My question and nobody else is asking is where, where what happened to COVID-20 and COVID-21 and COVID-22? Just, it's just all COVID-19 now, and it shows no signs of ever going away, but there, the lies have started from the very beginning. So I talk about how it started in China, and we were subjected to this monstrous lie that, you know, that people were dropping dead in the streets and all the science fiction stuff, and the, the video of the woman nonsensically walking around and spitting on doorknobs and, and door handles, and why would anybody do that? And nailing people shut inside their houses when they had open window, you know, windows right there that they could have got. I mean, just crazy stuff that makes no sense. And as I put in the book, uh, a Chinese source, Chinese media, not American media, would later admit uh, that uh, just kind of quietly acknowledge, well, you know, in all these cases, we were including cases of pneumonia and flu as COVID. And then in Italy, that really scared people. They quarantined the entire country, right? And you had the, the first, one of the many lies was you had those ominous photos of coffins coming out. And, they, and it was promulgated in the media very prominently. And uh, what, what happened? Online journalists discovered, hey, this, this is a photo from 10 years before in another part of the world. It has nothing to do with it. They never apologized. They just keep up the fear porn and... We have thousands and thousands of people are dying there in Italy. Oh, my God. It's, you had to quarantine the country. Well... Again, look at the source. I have it in a book. Italian media quietly acknowledged later. Well, you know, actually 99% of these people were old people that died of other things. So that's the lie from the very beginning. And it just, it started from there. And very few people that even talk about this go back to the beginning. They, they start from the premise that, well, COVID-19 is a real thing. You know, and people did die. Well, yeah, people died, but they didn't die of COVID-19 until they prove it exists. They can't prove it. They died of pneumonia. They died of flu, which, by the way, you know, a bunch of us were accused early on, still think it's just the flu. We were taunted with that. 
Well, apparently it was just the flu because uh, in the fall of 2020, they told us the flu disappeared. What happened to the flu? I mean, <laughs> how does that happen? So obviously they were, they were just mixing up these things and attributing, um, it, you know, it, as many as 80,000 people have died from the yearly flu before it happens, especially older people. They were attributing deaths from the flu to common cold, especially with older people and people that have their comorbidities. And they just kept compiling these fake stats to make the public believe that there was this pandemic instead of a pandemic, and that we had to develop a vaccine. And I also go into the history of uh, the tabletop exercises, which go back to 2001, the dark winter exercise. And uh, it's no accident that when Joe Biden, you know, stumbled, literally stumbled into the presidency, his first winter, they had him walking around babbling about it's going to be a dark winter because they do these kinds of things. Dark winter was the first tabletop exercise where Bill Gates, World Economic Forum, CDC, WHO, all the usual suspects, they get together and they uh, decided, hey, well, what are we, how are we going to combat? You know, we're in danger. of. of that's another thing. They predicted these. So many people were predicting a pandemic, which made no sense. Uh, that, that, but they we're in great danger. We have to do something about it. What if a uh, you know a virus escapes from China? It's always escaping from China in these tabletop right. exercises. <laughs> we have to so develop. A, so they already yeah. had it pinned on China back yes. from these exercises. And Fauci said, I just played this yesterday or the day before. Fauci specifically said there's going to be a release in Trump. How did he know that in 2019? Yeah, and right. he also he also said uh, before Trump came, when Trump was elected, he said, you know, Donald Trump is the Trump administration is going to have to deal. With a with a you you know a pandemic health crisis or something. Why would anybody say that when it had been a hundred years since the Spanish flu? So it so many things, and we had a series of these tabletop exercises, starting with Dark Winter and culminating eventually in Agenda 201, which happened uh, I think October 2019, right before the actual <laughs> COVID hit. It looked like the head of the CIA was there. Like what was her name? I forgot her yeah. name. But like uh, they had some yeah. bigwigs on there. Yeah, uh, Avril Haines, Avril Haines, and. Yeah, and and, and, people, yeah. and it happened right after Kerry Mullis, the guy who invented the PCR test, and was very was very concerned that people like Fauci, who he hated, and I have all the comments about him out there. He knew what a what an evil guy Fauci was, but he was concerned that uh, people were going to try to use this PCR test, and he said that uh, this this test it will give you any results you want. So he, he this is the guy, not a conspiracy theorist, it's the guy that invented the test, and he died very conveniently right before uh, all of this hit. So he wasn't around to, uh, you know, he, you think that they probably still would have demonized him, but it's kind of harder to demonize somebody who invented <laughs> the thing that you're, you're basing the entire foundation on. But once, once it started, um, you know, it, it, you just look at what happened. They prepared for this. Everything was to introduce the vaccine. And that's what the production was. They, first of all, they invented, they claim that this incredible boogeyman, COVID-19, was out there, this shadowy thing that you couldn't see is war, you know, more more than terrorism. You know, and they invented the terrorism thing. We're at war with terrorism. We don't know who the name, you know, anybody named Muhammad, I guess, is suspect, but we're on war of actual terror. We're against terror itself, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a person, but just terror. No, it's incredible, yeah. No, and it's invisible. Now it's invisible. So what, what's right, more God. frightening than, than, than an invisible thing? And then you have um they really, I think, hit on something in terms of nothing had ever worked so well for them before. But this is you know, the fear. And they, they, you know, people obviously are terrified about their health and their lives and naturally. 
And so they are so willing to to do whatever authorities say. And, you know, they had those tests. I can't remember the name of the, uh, the guy that did the experiment, but years ago where they had, they did these experiments with people and they found that eight in that 80, 20 split. I talk about a lot, whether survival, of the richest bullyocracy. I use that all the time in terms of uh, it's like a casino odds where 80, you have 80 percent losers and 20 percent winners. That's the way the system seems to work. But uh, those 80 percent, you see that figure in these experiments where they did um, experiments on people's obedience. And they basically had uh, experiments to determine, you know, who would obey authority figures, even when the what they were being told to do made no sense at all. And basically they found that 80 percent of people generally will obey any any order from authority figure. Right. Milgram and Ash. Right. Those are that's it. Milgram, that's two big ones. Yeah. Yes. And so, and so that can you saw that play out here. So, you know, put your mask on when you go into a restaurant, but you can take it off when you're at your table, you know, things like that, that make no sense at all that people, you know, just sit there and say, what, you know, stay six feet apart from each other. Even though the guy who invented the six foot figure in England just, you know, kind of said, well, you know, I, we just, we had to come up with some figure. He picked it out of the air. There's no science involved in that at all. That's, that's the kind of thing we're going to have to shut down businesses that sell products if they're small. They're small businesses, they have to shut down. And you try to open it to, to make a living, we're going to prosecute you. But, you know, the national change, Walmart, Target, Home Depot, they can sell the same product with no restrictions. It's no, no problem at all. Again, those are orders that nobody, very few of some of us did. But we were, I mean, that, that's, the, William, the most disillusioning thing about this whole thing has been uh, to realize how outnumbered we are and how, because I, I didn't think it was quite this bad. And, it's, and again, the orders, just like the experiment, were so nonsensical often, you know, and, they, and, when, and once the vaccine came out, okay, well, first, no, this is going to stop you from getting COVID. But once right. it became apparent that it wasn't, well, you know, it just, it, meant, it makes the symptoms better. Keep getting right. a booster, keep getting COVID, right. and keep getting a booster. It boosts your boost your immune system. Actually, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff is unbelievable when you look back at it. What they got away with is off the charts. Safe yeah. and effective. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. They were just propagandizing people like it was the Ministry of Truth for three years. And some of those businesses have not come back. You can go to San Francisco, yes. a once vibrant kind of city of shopkeepers in a lot of ways, kind of like what they called Old London, and it's, mm -hmm. it's boarded up. Union Square used to be just this great kind of go-to shopping place. It's empty. It's it's a disgrace. Like what oh. they've done. This is one city. Oh, they've destroyed New York. I mean, you've yeah. heard so many things about you know New York was like the uh, cultural uh, mecca of the country, you know, of the world. And you know, it's it's, it's the damage we. And that's why um, when I talk about the economic damage in there, it's it's hard to tell because we still. I I've tried to get as much information as I could. And I had great researchers in this. I have, you know, three people that helped me a lot, uh, Chris Graves, Peter Sikash, and, and uh, Bob Wilson, who were, you know, they really helped when I'm doing these things. They come up with it. But we, you know, we couldn't, we could only find out so much about what was in these stimulus bills, these trillions of dollars that were handed out. We do, you know, we had tidbits coming out that somehow Tom Brady bought a new yacht and Kanye West got something and, you know, crazy stuff like that. And, we know that uh, some sports teams or leagues got something. I still suspect, for instance, that I can't believe the NCAA didn't get a huge payoff to cancel March Madness. I can't believe the NBA and the NFL didn't get and Major League Baseball. So far, not much is coming out about that. I suspect that it will eventually maybe 
if we can find it. But we, we don't know where a lot of this money went. And I, I describe it, you know, I recount what I can in the book about people, some people taking advantage of it and profiting from it. But um, they opened the door to that. And as you said, so many of these small businesses have never come back. We don't know what the, uh, you know, what the, the final toll will be in terms of the devastation. We don't know what the real unemployment rate is because they've been lying about it for, since the 1990s. And ironically, Donald Trump, one of the many radical things he said when he ran for president, he called that out. He goes, you know, that's a, that's a fake unemployment rate. I mean, some people think it's as much as 40% because they only count the people that are currently collecting unemployment benefits. So long-term unemployment there. But then as soon as Trump became president, he started bragging about the same phony sets. I mean, that's, that's what they Classic Trump. Yeah, classic, classic Trump. Trump always yeah. does the same thing. <laughs> Still bragging about warp speed. Like he yes. was takes credit for it, saved 100 millions of lives. He yeah. still hasn't come off that, which yeah. is a real question. Like why, how did they get that many shots out to that many people that fast? Is a real yeah, question. and that's, that's the... And I, I go, the reason I have Trump on the cover too, and I, you know, I, I know what it is with Trump. I catch hell, you know, from both sides, but especially people that still somehow cling, cling to having faith in him. Uh, but I think those, the people, you know, that I, you know, we put on the cover, I think those are the, basically the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, God, I keep forgetting. The responsible, that responsible parties. Like they're all Trump's involved in this whole fiasco, Trump and Biden, Biden administrations. Absolutely. Better yeah. And they're basically, you know, those are the, those are the primary figures that were involved. Trump, Biden, Fauci, and Gates. They were the face of this. The Mount, the Mount Rushmore of COVID. And uh, so they're the and I so I go over Trump a lot in this because Trump was presented um, the entire time he was presented as being in opposition to this. That was the the mantra, and the people that were pushing it, the establishment were basically saying Trump's not taking it serious, even though Trump was the one issuing the orders. Trump was the one who criticized Fauci and never fired him. So again, Trump was playing what what I call Trumpenstein. He was being the actor. He was acting, and then when uh, eventually he he developed the most the phoniest case of COVID in the history of the world. He didn't he didn't have it. Certainly didn't have any COVID nineteen when they they made a big and the whole idea of the production was to say, see, this is the guy. He wasn't really wearing his mask. He was kind of belittling stuff. He wasn't taking Fauci seriously. Look what happened. See. If you don't wear your mask, it can happen to you too. And then the people that support him thought, well, surely after this, he's going to use hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin because he's been talking about he was using hydroxychloroquine and caught hell for it, right? But no, Trump throws him a curveball. He gets out of the hospital and he says, I took Regeneron. And, and of course, he has a financial stake in that, as does Anthony Fauci. Wow. He mentioned hydroxychloroquine. And that that was Trump in a nutshell, that he he was there talking about we should be able to open it. He's the president of the United States. He did nothing. He presided over all this. And um, so he deserves to be up there. He may, he may have said some things that we all agreed with at points and kind of ridiculing it. But again, he was the president. He never said, he, he didn't talk about, Hey, you know, can, can we, can we find some documentation for this COVID-19 isolates? That's science. He never did that. Uh, could, you know, he, could he said, you know, why are we crediting, why we keep claiming like, you know, that Italy was struck by this and they tell you 99% of these people died from something else. He never did that. He just, and that's Trump. And um, that unfortunately, William is the, uh, is the story of this. He deserves to be at the heart. And I, I have the whole sordid story, how he would say one thing and then do something else or contradict himself. But that's, that's him on every issue. But, uh, and certainly Bill Gates is, uh, front and center with this because this i you know ultimately this can be looked at 
as a eugenicist operation because all these people are eugenicists and they want they all are on the record especially bill gates who, who you know drools like a lunatic you know when he's talking about millions of people dying he can't stop his glee he's probably the most enthusiastic eugenicist i've ever seen and he's at the front of this he's constantly talking about millions of people dying and more pandemics and being prepared and he's in he's in the, the center of all those tabletop exercises nonsensically preparing for something they should have had no reason to be anticipating. But he's uh, he's there. And Fauci, of course, is the one of the worst bureaucrats in the history of the world. Yeah, the if not, he's destroyed an entire generation. He's made everybody sick. The yeah. opposite of what he's supposed to do. No, and his history so. goes back to AIDS when he did the same thing with AIDS, where he pushed, uh, he was right in the center of that. And he pushed this nonsensical HIV test which and there's there's the same kind of questionable background for HIV as there is for COVID nineteen. Was HIV a thing? I, you know, I don't know. But the, the again, you had people back then, asymptomatic people, people who weren't sick. But especially once it spread, and why did it just spread through the gay community? That made no sense. But uh, once it started doing that, gays especially were terrified, and they all started going, "Well, I got to get an HIV test, even though I'm, I feel fine." But I get it. And, but once, oh, you're HIV. Oh my God, I'm HIV positive. What do you got to do? Got to give you AZT, which was a remdesivir of that era. AZT failed cancer drug. Fauci pushed it. That's when everybody got sick. That's when they died from after taking AZT. And as soon as they stopped giving people AZT, AIDS disappeared. Oh, because that's what it was. And, and Fauci was right in the middle of that. His reputation didn't suffer at all. And he started doing the same thing again. Instead of HIV, he's pushing the PCR test, which the guy who invented it <laughs> repudiated and then dies mysteriously before all this starts. So this, you know, people wonder why we talk about conspiracies. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, how, how conspiratorial do you, do you have to get, but this it, has transformed America. Um, you know, I, I call it America 2.0 that we're in now. And I think generally America 2.0 was born after nine 11, but uh, <clears throat> you know, if it can be thought of as a particular point in time. But with the last three years, I mean, we used to talk about the boiling, the frog in the boiling water analogy. Well, you know, the frog has been boiled. He's disappeared. It's evaporated now. So there, the, the gradualism's out the window. Everything's warp speed. And just look at what has happened in the last three years. You have ironclad tyranny. You have uh, everything. There's so many Orwellian analogies out there. And you talked about, um, uh, you know, just people questioning things. I mean, social media, the censorship really began in earnest. Well, they used Sandy Hook too, but they really used questioning, you know, COVID deniers, as they called it, uh, that. And they, uh, you know, they, they took a lot of people off social media. Even now, I, like my show that I will be on later today, I protest at live streams every uh, Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. I uh, love to use YouTube because that's the, where most of the people watch it. But uh, if I talk about COVID, like today, I'll have to take it down because I think Sherry Tenpenny is going to be on, hopefully. But um, because if I take if I leave it up there, they suspend my uh, channel. I can talk about anything else, pretty much. Right. Except the election. It's the election and COVID. That's well, why I got true. strikes <laughs> for both of those, which ties into this, this whole COVID situation. Once they did the lockdown, I think that the, the left, the Democrats were like mail-in ballots. We got to do mail-in ballots because people can't yeah. go to vote. So they were using this to like for all kinds of purposes. Everybody was making money. But Bill Gates is really the kingpin. He's behind 
so much nefarious stuff internationally through the yeah. Bill Gates Foundation. It's really, and you go through that in this book. You talk about this whole Sears thing that's coming up. So, like, we're not out of the tunnel yet. Like, they've got another one planned for 2025, baby. So, we oh. need to get ready. Yeah. I mean, this. I think that you know, once, once they saw how. I mean, this is because this again. This is why you know we really can liken this to World War Three because, and it's the first really worldwide. Well, the other two wars were limited to Europe and uh, World War Two. Uh, you know, you throw in Japan, but uh, this war is all there because there. That's the saddest thing of all is that the entire world was shut down in a week or so. And it was locked down in a week or so, and nobody protested. And they didn't need a single cop. They didn't need a single soldier. They didn't have to fire a single shot. <clears throat> the world rolled over. <clears throat> I mean, this was, remember, at that time, the uh, Yellow Jackets in France were everywhere. That's they were right. protesting everywhere. The Yellow Jackets didn't, you know, they, they didn't protest this. Nobody, Putin, you know, Putin's the guy that supposedly everybody hates, and he's a, he's a rebel. He's not going, he, he, he went along with it. You had a few naysayers, Bolsonaro and uh, uh, Belarus, the guy that ran there. But I mean, they eventually came around and some of them were killed, especially in Africa. Some of those people didn't go along with it. And they, I have it in the book. Uh, it is what it is. They died very mysteriously. And they, they all happened to be people that were opposing vaccine mandates. But I read the original before the vaccine. That's why people don't look at that part of the story. The COVID narrative. What is COVID itself? Why did everybody buy for this? Buy this? Why did everybody start putting on masks all over the world? Everybody letting their loved ones die in nursing homes, not seeing them. Every you know, people not hugging family members anymore. You know, doing elbow bumps and things like that. It's like this is human touch that's necessary. You know, so we permitted things like in this country, uh, a mother being arrested in a park for letting her kid play in an empty park. That kind of stuff. And, and people, again, there was no protest. There was, people should have been up in arms, man. This is outrage. What are you doing? And so anything that Orwell dreamed up in 1984 <clears throat> was not at this level. I mean, it just wasn't. And uh, you to, to get to the point where you can not, and to use science, especially to say, you're questioning science when their entire, <clears throat> excuse me, narrative, there's the greatest science in the history of the world is based on, a science that repudiates their own, uh, you know, history, what they claim is, uh, you know, a, a viral theory. Well, this, this repudiates right. everything because this virus, you either have to say the Republicans are right and this was a weaponized virus that came out of China and you guys are keeping it there. I mean, I don't think that's what happened, but you would, it would have to be, that's the only other alternative. Or it's like, I think this was imaginary. They used uh, boogie words, the boogeyman the terms, they used fear porn, nonstop. And they saw, they suspected, and boy, they were right about how people would react to, uh, you know, a, a, a health, you know, a pandemic. And uh, they have to be, they had to be beside themselves with glee. I don't think even they could have expected it to be this. I mean, there, there wasn't a single protest in America other than that brief one. I think it was in Michigan, which was demonized. And there weren't very many people there because they had some Confederate flags and that kind of stuff. And they instantly, uh, you know, media just, you know, made fun of it. And there weren't enough people there again to make a difference. And then uh, after January 6th, when we saw what happened there and the people are still uh, in prison and being subjected to uh, <clears throat> draconian sentences, denied all due process. People, I think, are scared to protest anything, especially in America. Right. But, uh, you know, when you don't, when you have people losing their businesses and their jobs and you did like everyone, that gym owner and uh, 
that Tucker Carlson had many times. The uh, the courageous uh, the salon Jersey, owner. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in New Jersey. And the salon owner in Dallas, the uh, Shelby Luther, I think her name was. Uh, you had people, restaurant owners here or there, but what you didn't see was when they did that, you should have had all the other business owners supporting them. You should have had hundreds, if not thousands of people out in droves protesting in support of them. You didn't see anybody. They were all terrified and staying inside with their masks on, ignoring their loved ones, not, you know, having, uh, I mean, I, I say that, you know, when, when they had some of those edicts in New York and elsewhere, they were, where they were saying, you know, don't have more than however many people at your Thanksgiving or Christmas gathering. I said many times, I don't know how the Soviet Union really was or Nazi Germany or Mao's China, but I doubt very seriously if any of those countries ever tried to limit the number of people went that far where, yeah, you can't have more than 10 people at your home for the holiday. I mean, I think, I think we went beyond anything that any government in the history of the world has ever done, but it pretty much was around the world as well. But this, this was a, a tyranny that the world has never seen. And boy, you know, more people than not here, especially in America, they lapped it up. I, I was demonized, called dangerous. One of my nieces canceled me. Uh, so many people that uh, had uh, had me on their talk shows for Hidden History and uh, Survival of the Richest, things like that, um, and written reviews for my book, glowing reviews. Uh, they, they deleted me as friends, said I was dangerous, called me names, and all because of this, because I'm questioning this. Because in the beginning, very few of us were. Because I, I, right from the beginning, when they, when they, you know, April 2020, when the <clears throat> CDC sent out a, a directive to all hospitals telling them to, hey, you're to list the cause of death as COVID-19, even when the patient hasn't been tested. And I published that on Facebook before they started shadow banning me. And I, I, I said, you know, do you understand what this means? And again, most people just didn't get it. Trust the science. And they just, you know, they shouted you down. And you saw what happened. So, uh, but I, it's, it's still happening. It's still happening. Yeah. These, these protocols, the kill protocols are still there in the things, the incentives, the perverse incentives are yeah. still there through the cares act. So people are still being probably killed by uh, what, what's all started back in 2020. So it's they important. are, they are. And, and you were, you wrote a, a new whole chapter on the new normal. This is the new normal unless people mm -hmm. protest or get the truth. That's why this is very important. This book is so important is that, They've masked the truth. They knew that there was going to be an information disinformation war from the get-go. You can tell from event 201. And so people need to know the truth and how bad these people were lying. They are very evil. Fauci and uh, Gates, for sure. Just total monsters. Fauci I, knows what he's doing, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, these these people definitely know what they're doing. This was not a, uh, a case where there was any mistake about it. They have a history, a track record of doing this. And it's, you know, it's amazing that you have a... Uh, you have a group of evil people that are sworn to this theory of eugenicists uh, where they, they, the theory is that there are too many people and they're basically too many of the wrong kind of people. And it really fits in. And I don't want to <clears throat> get into a longer discussion, but I talk a lot about how really eugenicism was born uh, with uh, evolution because the whole survival of the fittest theory and who's, so they, you know, who's fit. Who's they're the fittest. Yeah. yeah. They're the Bill Gates. <laughs> Yeah, Bill yeah. Gates with bitch tits and loves yeah. Epstein. <laughs> I don't get he's any the, fitter. Than, yeah, he's the fittest for all of us. They don't get so. any fitter. But <laughs> right. so you had the, the you know the these and I've written them in other books about how uh, you had people like early uh, eugenicists like uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson, uh, who is governor of New Jersey. He passes the first forced uh, sterilization laws. 
it started with stuff like that where they used, okay, well, you know, that maybe she's a woman of ill repute back in those days. You know, I guess if you had sex at all, they, you know, they, there's a reason to sterilize you or maybe your IQ is too low or you're too poor. Bat family background, alcoholism, they used any excuse they could, but, uh, and they, it's horrible what they did. And again, it's a slippery slope. Because um, I've argued with people, well, don't, you know, people, the, the right people should breed. Yeah, but, you know, you realize what a slippery slope that who's determining who the right people are. And, right. and that's what happens when um, you, you start down that road. But it's all based on that is that they want they think that there's way too many people in the world. And Alex Jones has a point when he talks about they, you know, they think humans are a scourge and they do seem to want to merge with AI and become immortal like half machines or something. But that seems to be what they want to do. But they constantly talk about this. And this has resulted in apparently the dream they've long. It's interesting. You have the Georgia Guidestones who were put up and were was blown up in the middle of this nonsense of this of this COVID narrative. And somehow they don't know who did it. They carted the crime scene away. There were, there were no video cameras caught. You know, it's an act of uh, terrorism or vandalism, at least. Uh, but they had, video, they had video of it exploding, but they don't have the video yeah. of people putting the explosive in. Yeah. How does that make sense? Somebody how does that, that make that sense? But the reason yeah. why that's uh, uh, apropos here is because they talk about, you know, limiting in, on the Georgia guidelines. They talk about making uh, limiting the number of people on Earth by a certain date or whatever. Yeah, and five, to 500 million. Right. So we're yeah, way that's, over their limit. It's a whole lot of people got to die to get that. And so. Uh, so when you have something like this, when a warp speed vaccine, when it apparently is killing, who knows? I don't know. The, the death rate went up 40 percent in 2021, according to the insurance industry. That's a cataclysmic figure that uh, it's like we went to war with the, you know, aliens or something. I mean, that's if it goes up 5 percent, that would be earth shattering. 40 percent. No one's it's explained. like a six sigma. It's so far out of statistical. Norm. Yeah. The, the, the statistics are the bad bedrock of all the insurance industry because they yeah. can trace deaths over decades and then you have this immense thing that's still ongoing it's a yeah, heightened so, death rate all over the world so. yeah it's i think last year or something for the first time in, in, the, in the history of this country you had four at least four different states that recorded more deaths than births it's never happened so this is unprecedented stuff so if if this is happening and who's how many people they've killed like my brother by hospital protocol we don't know the number there either but it's probably pretty large too so just the vaccines and the hospital protocol alone are apparently killing, and even the, the vaccines that aren't killing, they're causing myocarditis that nobody had ever heard of before, and even in children, heart diseases, that those people may later die well before their time. They're certainly incapacitated. So it's, we don't know how many people are dying and what, what the population <laughs> what I don't might think fall. The kill, I don't think the killed juice was experimental. They've lied about everything. That's actually kind of your summary at the end of the book. But I think that yeah. they're lying about the, the kill shot uh, contents being experimental. I think they probably experimented on human beings for 20 years and know exactly what it's, the outcomes are for certain people based upon how many different shots you get. Because if you get all your boosters and stuff, you're probably going to die, uh, have an early death of a variety of different ailments because you'll get vaccine AIDS, turbo cancer, you uh, you could get all myelitis. I mean, I think it really is intended to have different outcomes. So it's not everybody dies of a heart attack. It just causes some kind of failure in one part of your body so that the way this, and that's why Fauci said no autopsies is because they know what it's going to do. And, and like your friend, uh, Naomi Wolf, who I follow, I listen to all her stuff, the, the, the birth rate is going to go down. So you have an ascending yes. death rate and a declining birth rate, just like 
Yeah, and guys would want him. And 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 if you throw in, uh, you know, Naomi and uh, other people have talked about what in the Pfizer documents. Rappaport, that, yeah, Rap John Rapport did great work on it, but they they you know they've talked about how uh, the Pfizer's internal documents show that you know the, the miscarriage rate is through the roof and how this is damaging women's reproductive organs. We know that for already the testosterone levels for males, young males, it's shocking. Like the average young male today has a testosterone level of an eighty-year-old or some some ridiculous thing like that. They they've destroyed men, they've destroyed women. So what does that mean? Fewer births, and now you throw in the transgender movement which really gained fire in the middle of this COVID thing. What does that have? What do they all have in common? If, if transgenderism succeeds and it's succeeding, as more and more kids are being influenced by this propaganda to change their gender, it means fewer babies because if boys turn into girls, girls turns into boys, no matter how many fantasies they have about men having birth, no, it's not going to happen. So all of this together, killing lots of people, preventing people from giving birth because of the vaccine, preventing them from giving birth by this hideous satanic transgenderism agenda all adds up to fewer people. And that's what the eugenicists want. So I, I think, I don't, it seems to be the end result they want, but, and of course the other thing that they, they want is they want the heavy hand of tyranny here. They want authoritarianism, authoritarianism and steroids as I've called it. And they've got it. They've got people, they've got the media and celebrities uh, wanting to cancel people for for being some of those twenty percent in the experiments that are, are you know want to question these orders from authorities? No, no, yeah. Hey, look, you know, you're a denier. You know, okay, right? Anti-vaxxer. They'll give you some kind of label, some type of negative yeah. label. Yeah, so, and it's 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 the scary thing, and that that goes back to the Constitution because I think all that censorship was really a violation of the First Amendment. Because what they're finding is these tech companies. Were, there was third parties or either straight from the government, straight from the White House saying, ban this site. That is a, a, a violation of basic First Amendment principles. Right. And, and you so have, but, that's that's the Biden administration. Like people should be really concerned. about. Oh, if you, and if you watch some of those co uh, congressional hearings, I watched snippets of it and uh, just I can't watch the whole things. But just to see and, and not that Republicans are good because they're not. But to see how bad every Democrat, my old party is at this point. To watch how they demonize Matt Taibbi, who is, you know, I think he voted for Biden. He's hardly any yeah, kind of left. Right. He's a solid leftist. He's always been on the yeah, left. He wrote for Forever. Rolling Stone. I mean, yeah. and, and the other guy, too. So, yeah, Schellenberger. Yeah, yeah, Schellenberger. Yeah. I mean, so these guys are hardly uh, conspiracy theorists or whatever, but apparently, it, it, at least they had some concern about freedom of speech and civil liberties. And that was enough. They, I mean, you just watch the way they were questioned by every. When, I don't know what, uh, you know, and I, I talk about Joe McCarthy being demonized, but back in there, the, you know, those congressional hearings, they were nowhere near as rough on alleged communists as these Democrats have been on people, you know, uh, denying, uh, you know, COVID or denying uh, election results or something like that. And just to watch that play out, I mean, these are your represent, and you know what you're up no, against. It's incredible, too. You're yeah. making a good point, Don, because it was incredible. They were asking where they got their information, how much money yeah. he was making. Yeah. They were questioning, like, any money that he had. And then they sent the IRS agent to his house while he's testifying. So they're definitely yeah. trying to chill anything. I mean, this censorship stuff is real. I mean, the censorship industrial complex that Schellenberger talks about. Yeah, It's a real threat to the country and our kind of civil rights. If they take away our right to talk, the country's gone, baby. We are over. No, and we're it's left like, here. Yeah. We, we, are, we are, the platforms we have are shows like yours. 
shows like mine. And uh, those that's all we have left because they've taken social media. And thank goodness, you know, that's why anybody, please, if you want to support me, please uh, subscribe to me on Substack while it's, you still can. Because I, I fear for that because it's the last free speech platform and it's the only place I'm not shadow banned. Like I, if I, uh, if, if I post the, you know, the, the link for this interview on Facebook and Twitter, it'll, you know, maybe get a handful of responses because especially with the title of this book, <laughs> they're really blocking it. They, they, they don't have to guess at what I'm saying. And so they know what I'm talking about. And so that's really going to be blocked and shadow banned. I can't talk about it. I can talk about it on my show, but then I have to take it down from YouTube. Uh, immediately I'll live stream it there because otherwise they'll, they'll cancel me. But Substack right now, at least uh, I'm, I'm growing and I'm getting more subscribers and I'm able to write and I promote things there. So people want to uh, follow I'll me. Put a link, I'll put a link to your Substack so people can just shoot over there. Substack yeah. is now really the kind of almost engine of democratic values where people are talking. They're actually able to post stuff and not get yep. censored. It's really something else. Like it used to be WordPress or, even YouTube. Now yeah. YouTube is gone, but it's gone. Like I can't even yeah. post there. I don't want to be nanny stated to. I never swear. I never really go yeah, after anybody. I'm not mean. I'm not like a shock jock. I still get censored. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's not it's not that. It's the uh, it's it's you know what you're talking about and what your perspective is, and that's uh, that's why this. Um, I try to include all that in the book because people again people I don't I don't think anybody else is going as far as I go. On this, like I said, I question the validity of, you know, the foundation of all this thing is COVID-19. So I think we need, let's investigate that first, figure out what is that. And if you can't even prove it exists, you know, it's like, okay, and they can't. And it's, it should be a simple thing. I mean, I, as far as I know, any other virus, they can, uh, they, you know, you have some Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein's that they admit within the last 20 years went to Siberia or something and somehow extracted strains of the 1918 flu. Why? I don't know. If you can think of an innocent or logical reason for that, let me know. But so if they can still get strains of the 1918 flu, Spanish flu, the deadly flu, if they can still get that, but they can't produce a strain of COVID-19, the, the, the biggest virus that shut down the world. Right. What does that say? You know, that show. was predicted to kill 60 million people. Like they really, like you use <laughs> yeah. the word fear porn. They yes. really had people zapped. The propaganda was really good in the 2020. I think it was different than the other panics that they had because they had this whole Chinese thing. Like, look yes. at this. They're building new medicines. They've got the incinerators up. People are dropping. Yes. But they couldn't really verify it. But I think it was, uh, I think it, was, it succeeded. Like all that propaganda. <sighs> they probably, they hired the best people to figure this whole thing out. They had the CIA, they had McKinsey, they had other people doing their kind of uh, intellectual legwork sure. to well, make they, sure they, that it was going to be as effective as possible and well, that they there know, would be no vaccine hesitancy. And all that stuff. They know what works. And uh, they, uh, I guess they, they were, they were better than me in terms of, I had predicted. Me I, too. I, me too. I said at the beginning, I said, Oh, you know, this, come on, you're, you're, you're taking away sports from, from men and, uh, you're taking away movies from women. You're shutting down Hollywood and shopping and all that. I said, you know, people, they, they, the natives are going to get restless, but they never got restless. They never did. They, they, the, behavioral, they, the behavioral sciences, it, it shows how important the behavioral sciences are. Just like Milgram and Ash, we talked about how it was laid out here. Isolate, uh, mock, um, all kinds of social things where they did that. That are kind of, I'm not going to go as far as saying MKUltra, but I think that they had it down where, 
people get in line. And that's kind of like the kind of secret hidden tendrils of control that yeah. they really have on to, to keep a population, a whole population of a country that America prides itself, gun owners, tough guy, man, they just, we all just lay down for these it's authoritarians. Good. It's really sad. So, yeah, but absolutely. I really love this book and the great to, to read through it. And I'm glad that you memorialized it all in this book, 800 footnotes. Like I said earlier, people can follow those footnotes. It's, it's all laid out. It's very important for people to remember this so they can't do it again. But uh, anything else you'd like to add or anything you'd, you'd like to finish? No, I, 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 well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's donaldjeffries.substack.com. That's uh, where you want to go to support me because that's the only place really. I mean, you can still find me on Twitter, but and they, they, they you know, I, I had one guy tell me last week, I've had to follow you eight different times because they just keep taking followers away and uh, blocking and Facebook is hopeless, you know, yeah, unless I'm yeah. publishing something about somebody's birthday or something. But uh, anything that has anything of significance, especially this, first and foremost. So uh, that's where people can support me. And obviously buy the book right now. We're holding the book back from Amazon and Barnes and Noble for it's going to be out there very soon that we saw we'd hold it back for a week or two because people can buy it now through the Lulu, the Lulu link. I think you have that. It was on my Facebook and uh that's where people can buy it right now. They can buy the ebook there as well, but uh, it won't cost you anymore. Might even be less. I don't know, but um, I'll get a greater percentage of the royalties. People ask me all the time, where can I buy your book that you'll make more? And usually I tell them, I, you know, it's minimal. Just get the best deal you can. But uh, in this case, you, I will make significantly more if you buy it through there. But again, I appreciate it if you buy it anywhere. But if, you, if you're wondering where it's at, because if you do a search for it now, there, you can't find hardly anything. And that may be the case even when it's out there. They may try to block it. But um, once it goes up on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and all that stuff, then uh, you'll be able to, to buy it in all the regular places. So if you want to wait for that, that's fine. But right now you can get it, and lots of people have uh, through that link. It's lulu.com, right? That's your site on Lulu. Well, no, it's, 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 the, it's, a, it's, it's a Midnight Writer News at lulu.com. But the exact link, probably the easiest way, if you don't follow – either on social media, but if you go to Substack, Donald Jeffries at Substack.com, I think it was two posts back where I talked to, you know, you'll see it. My my new book uh, rips the mask off of COVID lies or something. Um, in there, right, right at the beginning, I have, I have the cover and I have the link. Here's where you can go to buy it. So that's the easiest way to do it. Right. So you'll see this here. This is your Substack, right? So this is the best yes. way to get the book. Yes, so I can just do it. I'll put your Substack and then the, a link to this specific post on Substack as well. Great, so yeah. The, just the link it. is there, and then people can, uh, you know, can can just go right there and order it. And, uh, and but you know, don't it, it? It will be out in the regular places. And there's a method to our madness. We're we're just holding it back for a reason. So I understand. I understand. Don Jeffries, thanks so much for your time again. The title of the book is "Masking the Truth: How COVID-19 Destroyed Civil Liberties and Shut Down the World." Just published May 2023. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Wayne. Appreciate it. All right, stay there. Stay there. Stay there.